Welcome. You're listening to The Bump Podcast, a place for believers of the unexplained, monsters, and paranormal. I'm your host, Bo Kennedy. Join us as we go face-to-face with what goes bump in the night. Hey there, believers. On this episode, we talked to Paul about a haunted apartment that he and his wife used to live in that went a little too far. Um, Fortunately, their lease was running out, so they they weren't stuck there with her forever. But it's a it's a great show. We um after we get through his his actual experiences, we start theorizing a little bit and get into a good conversation about you know what all this is, what we're seeing, and that. That's what I'm starting to really love about this show is the, the more episodes we have, the little deeper the conversation seems to get. Uh, I don't know if I'm getting more comfortable with it or if we're just seeing more similarities in a lot of a lot of this activity. But either way, I really enjoy this, and thank you for listening. So here we go. I would say I've, I've been somebody that's always been kind of kind of open to the possibility of different different paranormal things. Um, you know, I've, I've definitely, you know, had my share of interesting experiences, but they, but they were mainly uh, feelings, like where you would feel something and kind of have a sense that, you know, something was going on or something that was there. And, uh, you know, when I was, um, when I was younger, uh, probably like high school age, I, I, I had the, you know, requisite time where I would go with my friends and we would go check out, you know, haunted places. And I grew up in um, uh, San Antonio, Texas, which is a town that, it's kind of famous for having some, some pretty interesting little, little haunted areas. And I um, used to go love, love to go check those out and, uh, you know, go off-roading and try to, try to find cool stuff in the woods and all that kind of thing. Um, but I never actually uh, saw any kind of, you know, specter or ghost or whatever you want to call it until um, uh, my wife and I got married in uh, 2003. And uh, at the time uh, we were, uh, we got, uh, we were living in an apartment um, in Austin at the time, and uh, the um, the apartment was uh, kind of you know your normal nothing nothing really strange about it, just a normal kind of you know middle classish kind of kind of area. And um, one of the things that was that was interesting about you know the apartment is you'd, you'd walk in and on the right hand side of the apartment there was like a you know like a kind of the galley kitchen, I guess, that was kind of parallel. As you would walk, you'd walk into the living room. Uh, the galley kitchen was on the right. And then on the left, there was a, a doorway that opened up into a hall that connected two bedrooms that were there. And um, the way that we were set up, we had our, our couch was kind of on the wall of the where the hallway was, facing the wall that separated the uh, kitchen from the rest of the apartment. Uh, and so one of the things, if we were, you know, sitting on the couch, like watching a show or something, uh, we would be facing towards the kitchen with the hallway behind us. And the way that um, that, that setup kind of meant that if the TV was not on, you could see the hallway through the reflection of the TV. And uh, one, of the, uh, one of the things uh, that, we, that I would notice is I would sit there and occasionally I would see this, like, blue flash of uh, behind me moving down the hallway and it was just a, like a almost like you see something out of the corner of your eye but you could you could you could see it reflected in the uh, in the tv and um you know i, I, w- I was somebody who 
kind of had, you know, my, my share of interesting experiences growing up and um, lived with uh, my wife who didn't really have any uh, kind of paranormal experiences, not that she wasn't open to the idea, but she just didn't have anything that she'd experienced. And um, so I kind of, I kind of blew it off. I figured it was, it was, you know, some, uh, some kind of spirit entity or something. And it was just, you know, I'd, I'd always kind of have the opinion that if you just let it go and let it do things, then it you know, wouldn't, wouldn't be a negative influence on you, but it was just, just something that was there. And, uh, well, that lasted for a little while. And then, um, uh, it would, if I was in the, uh, like the, we had a master bedroom and a secondary bedroom. And so it always was kind of moving from the master bedroom towards the secondary bedroom is the way they would go. And at the time we were using the, uh, the second bedroom was kind of like an office slash storeroom. And so I would sit there and, you know, I'd be, playing video games or, or reading something online or whatever. Well, if the door was open, I could actually kind of see this uh, flash or this like, I guess, bluish light would come into the, come into the room. It would, it would, I could, I could, I could feel that there was something there and this presence would enter and it would stand kind of behind, behind me. And if I didn't acknowledge it or, or say something or, or, uh, you know, kind of acknowledge that it was there, I would almost feel like a, like a tap, like an icy tap on my shoulder. And uh, so then I would say something and then it would kind of, it would have to go away. Um, so uh, that, that went on for a while. I think we lived there probably a year in total, about three months before we were, uh, our lease was scheduled to end. Um, our wife started noticing it. And that was very interesting because, you know, she wasn't, uh, she wasn't somebody that, that kind of had the sense, as we called it. And so she would look up and she'd say, hey, what was that? And I would say, oh, it's nothing. I, I, I didn't see anything. And, of course, I saw something. But I didn't, I didn't want to freak her out, and I didn't want to have a situation where, you know, we have to break our lease or whatever. So I kind of just kind of clammed up on it a little bit. Um, so she would notice the blue, hey, I saw something, something out of the corner of my eye or whatever. And you'd see the reflection through the TV. Well, one night we had, uh, uh, we were going out for, you know, dinner or whatever. And I realized I had uh, left something in uh, in the apartment that I needed to get. I can't remember what it was, like, I don't know, a hat or, you know, pocket knife or something. And so I opened the door and without hesitating, I immediately walked through the hall and turned to head towards the master bedroom right as this blue apparition was coming towards me and it was a woman it was an old woman it was uh you know the the kind of the, the puffy hair that a lot of a lot of like uh senior women have uh glasses face um and then as i kind of kind of looked down um it it just i mean it, it, it was it was like a flash i i didn't i didn't have a sense of feet but it was a blue woman, and I and I remember thinking, I can see I can see through her because I could see through her to the to the bedroom. I mean, of course, it's it's taking me longer to explain than I actually saw it, and I just it just went right through me, and it was the craziest like cold feeling. Um, immediately gave me the willies, you know, I broke out in in um, in a goosebumps and started kind of you know having the uh, getting the creeps and. Um, turned around to see, you know, if, and it was, there was nothing there. Um, so that was, uh, that was kind of a crazy experience and basically, you know, grabbed my thing, went back out to the car, uh, didn't, didn't mention anything to my wife at the time because again, you know, we were getting towards the end of our, our lease coming up and I, I didn't want to, um, I didn't want to, uh, uh, you know, have to move early or have to, you know, break the lease or whatever. So I want to say, you know, it's been a while, so the, the timing wasn't exactly exactly clear. But uh, at least a few weeks after that, similar situation. You know, we were leaving to go somewhere. Uh, wife decides she's going to run into the house. I'm standing outside. She runs in uh, through the door, through the hallway, and just lets out a scream. Ah! And I, um, uh, you know, I knew immediately what happened. I, I mean, never heard that, you know, scream like that before. I knew immediately what it was. 
And um, oh, Bo, I'm gonna can, can you can you hang tight one second? I'm sorry to be like in the middle of this, but um, yeah, that's yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. Yeah, just give, give me give me one sec. Uh, my wife screamed, let out let out a noise that I, I'd never I'd never heard before, and I immediately knew what had happened. She had she had done the same thing. She had run inside and run straight in and run straight through the uh, the blue lady, and um, so she came. She came out. She came running out. You know, she was white and shaking, and and she was like, "I just saw it." And I, I said, "Ghost." And she stopped and looked at me, and I said, "And she's blue." And she immediately was like, "You could tell, like, you know, why didn't you tell me?" So I grabbed her, and I kind of, you know, got her to, you know, kind of calm her down a little bit. And I went all the way to the other side of the apartment complex. There was a little playground that was there. I walked her all the way over there, and immediately she's like. You know, why didn't you know? Why didn't you tell me that there was a there was a ghost in the in the house? And and I was like, and why are you know why are we over here? And I was like, well, I just don't want her to follow us. So I want to make sure you know we're about to move. I don't know, you know how those things work. Um, and uh, and and she was just incredulous that we had had this situation and had you know had this ghost here. And then she started recalling all the time she'd seen the you know the blue flash going by in the hallway and um and you know we, we were probably about a month away from moving at that point so we just kind of kind of became a little bit of a you know a little bit of a joke or something we would you know we would mention in, in passing and um what was so interesting about that was is she she was somebody who had never had any kind of paranormal experience i think of any kind and for her it was something that was like such a affirmation that this is out there that that this exists that you know that 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 this is goes through a thing and i and i remember one time you know and, I, and i've told this story to different people over the years and had had different reactions and you know different different perspectives and and i remember one time i was um you know talking to my wife's uh, dad about it who's an, an er doctor and you know very scientific very you know it's got to be got to be provable to be something that's true and um and i told him the story and and he kind of, you know, listened to it and, you know, kind of a skeptical look. And, and I said, um, uh, you know, kind of told him what had happened. And he, and he looked at me and he said, well, you know, I don't believe in ghosts. And I, and I looked at him and I said, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter whether you believe in them or not. I mean, they're real. This thing is, this thing is out here. And, um, you know, I haven't had an experience like that uh, on that level. But that was probably one of the most amazing physical experiences I've had with some kind of phenomenon like that. Yeah. I say that's about, uh, about the peak of ghostly encounters, you know, a full body apparition that you actually feel phase through your body. That that's a, that's a hell of a way to break your wife into it, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, absolutely. Uh, absolutely. I mean, and it, it just, it was, it was, it was amazing. And it was, um, you know, one of those things where, it like you know like I when I described it, it takes me longer to describe it than than what actually happened. But feeling something like that go through you was just such a crazy crazy scene. Was was it like a cold feeling or? Yeah, yeah it was. It was uh, it was definitely cold, and it and it it was um, you could just you could just feel kind of the coldness move through you, but it wasn't like the cold where you're, you know, you're under a fan or you open up the, you open up the, um, the freezer and you feel that rush come upon you. It was just, it was just a cold feeling that just went right through my body and passed through the other side. Man, that's wild. Yeah. I, I never want to have that experience. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Would you want to have something like that happen again or to a, to a lesser effect maybe? Uh, well, I mean, it's, you know, I, I've, I've, I've been, you know, I, I've done all of the, uh, you know, done the different things where I've, I've been at different places. Like I remember my wife and I were both really into history and I've, you know, gone to, you know, Little Round Top at Gettysburg and you get that, you know, that kind of uh, sense of heaviness, I would say. And, I, you know, and I've been, you know, as a kid, I was uh, definitely, you know, I, I guess you would say clairvoyant. To a degree, and you could you could feel when things were, you know, when something was there. But but yeah, seeing something like that was um, it was almost like it happened so quick 
that if I had to think more about it, I don't, I don't know that I would have intentionally done that or would have in, intentionally had that experience. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, it was, it was, it was definitely, it was definitely uh, a, a very, a very real and a very um, affirming experience with regard to that kind of phenomena, because I think you can, you know, you can read something in a book and you can believe the veracity of what somebody is saying. But then once you experience something like that, it just, it just really changes your perspective with regard to uh, a lot of the, you know, a lot of the stories that you hear. No doubt. And how did that change your wife's perspective? I mean, obviously it made her a believer, but did it change her, you know, fundamental beliefs of anything else or like, you know, the afterlife or anything? So, so I, I I would say, um, it, it definitely made her a believer in in that, and probably probably even affirmed her her stance on other spiritual things as well too. Because you know you always hear you know like hey I'll be watching over you or you know it's the whole idea of like you know is this you know is this the end where do we go after you die and you know once you experience something like that you're 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 clearly in the camp of yeah this is not the end this is not the only um the only experience that we're going to have you know i i like the phrase that i've i've heard before you know we're uh spiritual beings experiencing a material world and you know once you see something like that you're like yeah there is there is something else there that's beyond you know our understanding and, and I think one of the things that is, is so interesting to me about experiencing something like that is the, the way that uh, it's treated by society is it's clearly pseudoscience. It clearly doesn't exist. Um, it, it's a way to, you know, to even in some degree, I would say discredit people. And, and yet here we are, you know, and I, and I think, and I, I kind of feel the same way about, you know, things like miracles where it's almost like there's an intentional, an intentional uh, move to delegitimize these experiences. And it's, there's so many that are out there and, and they're so uh, consistent in how they're described and how their experience is described. And it's like, you know, I don't think this is a bunch of people having a, a mass hysteria event. I mean, these are things that you know, some people can experience and some people can't experience. We were talking earlier about um, your your podcast about the uh, the Bigfoot encounters in Missouri, and and I I love the example of the uh, you know the 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 girls the the nieces of the guy who's describing the story experiencing something different than he did, but they were they were also there, and so the question you know that 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 raises to me is you know I'm somebody who is more open to things like that. I had that experience um, with somebody there who wasn't as open to that. Would they not even see that? Would they, um, would they, would they have not, you know, seen the blue or they have not seen the, the woman? Um, would they experience nothing? And I think that's a very fascinating uh, thing to, to kind of think about is, is, you know, do these things exist in a way where only certain people can see them and, and and who are those people? Why can they why can they experience something that somebody else can't? Yeah, yeah. You know, that that topic interests me too. And actually, I'm putting out an episode next week um, with two people who have abduction stories. You know, um, they actually were taken up into a, a spaceship and they 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 got to see the whole the whole nine yards. And we got on that topic as to why them. And yeah, yeah. One of them brought up the uh, the possibility that blood types, you know, there's a lot of research into blood types. People that are, huh. you know, Rh negative or something may be more prone to having these kind of experiences. Interesting. So there there's tons of things to ponder, you know, as to why this happens. But you know, until science takes it seriously, it's not going to get the funding to get the research done, and it's going to be looked at as some kind of you know, entertainment more than sure. You know, yeah. No, and, and and to your question about you know what I would I like to experience something like this again, I can tell you, I would much rather have that experience than have an abduction experience. 
<laughs> you, you and me both. Uh, it was it was pretty traumatic for the people I spoke with. Oh my God! Yeah, that's just I, I've I've read uh, a bit about those, and yeah, that's that's just terrifying to me for sure. Yeah, that's something I want no party in. I I like to have a little bit of control, you know. Yes. Oh, absolutely, for sure, for sure. What you mentioned, you know, going to like historical Gettysburg and stuff like that. Did you check out the uh, the history of the apartment you were in? Was there any kind of uh, um, or anything you, know, you could? We we tried to do that. And, uh, and I, and I think one of the, you know, one of the issues we had, and, you know, this is, this is probably something endemic to that type of, um, you know, to that industry is there's a lot of turnover in places like that. And, um, you know, there, there wasn't, there wasn't anyone there who had worked there long enough to be able to, you know, ask those questions. Like I want to say like the, the apartment manager maybe had only been there a year or something. So they didn't, they didn't know anything about it. And, um, you know, we talked to some of the neighbors that we knew had been there for a while. And, you know, of course, they were outside of that apartment, so they didn't they didn't experience that. And now I was I wasn't able to to figure that out if there was some kind of, you know, story around somebody who had died there. Um, one of the things, you know, I, I talked to a friend later who was clearly in the camp of, you know, any kind of experience like that is, is bad. It's demonic. Um there's, there's, it's, it's very, you know, anything like that is super negative. And, um, you know, I talked to him about the possibility of, well, if, you know, if you don't believe in, you know, the concept of a ghost as a sentient being that, that's, that's able to interact with something, then, then what if that was some sort of, there's a traumatic experience that occurred there that caused some kind of, you know, echo, uh, visual echo to occur in that space because the woman was always traveling the same way. She was going from the master bedroom to that, to that uh, second bedroom, always the same way down the hallway. And one of the other things that I noticed in living there is when we were in the master bedroom, you could, I never saw that phenomenon coming down the hallway from the master bedroom to the uh, look, looking down from the master bedroom to the second bedroom. It was only sideways. It was only um, coming from that other angle. And so I could see, I could see it coming from the second bedroom uh, perspective, so coming down the hall towards the second bedroom, but I could never see it moving from the master bedroom that way when I was in that room. So it was it was almost like there was an angle to the occurrence that I could only see it from that specific angle. Yeah, yeah, that definitely sounds like it falls under the category of a residual haunting. Yes, uh, if, if they're not interacting, you know, they're not moving anything around, or but you know, it's interesting though because. You said that if you didn't pay attention to her, that she would tap you on the shoulder. So that that kind of uh, opens that up a little bit bigger than just you know residual energy repeating itself. That yeah, a little more interactive. Yeah, and that was and that was a very interesting aspect of that because, like I mentioned, um, if I was sitting in that room, I could I could see her come into the room, not not with the same clarity as when as when I actually was face to face with the apparition. Um, but I could see that kind of blue energy, for lack of a better word, come in. Um, and, and the way that I've always been able to, to sense things that are in the paranormal space is through the energy that they provide. Like I can feel the, um, the I guess, kind of the, I don't want to say, I don't want to say the word aura because it always seems so cheesy to me, but, but I can feel the energy of what that is. And that's how I could, I could recognize things when I was younger is I would feel the energy change and I would know, Hey, there's something in here or what happened, what happened in this room that caused, you know, something to occur. And um, so, yeah, I would just feel that energy come in and I would feel it clearly move behind me. And then I, I describing as a, as a tapping, but it was definitely an entrance of that energy into my space where I could feel, you know, kind of that, that interaction that was there. And I always got the sense that, you know, maybe, maybe something happened traumatic in that apartment where it was some, you know, something happened that caused that person to, you know, make that pass from the one bedroom to the other bedroom. And then that's kind of what we're, you know, what we're seeing or feeling. Yeah, that makes sense. You know, uh, and you're saying that you get that feeling of the, you know, the energy shift. I've talked to several people that, that seem to have that same, same vibe or whatever. Yes. Um, and, and I've, and, and, uh, not only, uh, I've also recognized other people that have that and they've recognized me as well. So yeah. that's, 
there's there's definitely something something to to do with that. Um, yeah. I, I remember one time I was at a. Uh, I'm also an EMT. I'm I'm uh, I do a lot of volunteer medical work. Uh, not not as my primary profession, but you know I've just I used to do, uh, you know backpacking and trip guiding when I was in college and. Some of the other guys that did that were going to get their EMT license so they could become um, professional wilderness guides. And, you know, being young and idealistic, I thought that's the direction I was going to head. So I ended up getting a medical license and really started enjoying the process of, of EMS and helping people and doing that. And uh, so occasionally I'll stop at a, um, like if there's a car wreck, you know, something happens in front of me. If I see somebody get injured, I always keep, you know, a medical bag with me and stop and, you know, help out as, as best I can until the, you know, the paramedics or whatever get there. And uh, I remember one time I was uh, I stopped at a uh, it was a car wreck that happened in front of me. Uh, the person was hurt, but not but not too bad. So I kind of hung out for a while. And uh, you know my wife kind of knows the drill. If you show up to an accident and you and you're a um, and you have a medical license, you have to wait until the next higher license uh, relieves you. Basically, like you have to you know stay and make sure that everything's good. So. Um, my wife was in a hurry to get somewhere. She's like, Hey, just, you know, call me when you're done and I'll, I'll, you know, swing back around and grab you. And so, you know, she took off with the kids. I stayed at the, stayed at the accident and, you know, gave my report to the, the firefighters. And so I was, uh, waiting for her to come back. So I went across the street to, um, to a, uh, 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 Shipley's, like a donut shop that was there. And there was, um, the, uh, there was a woman behind the counter who was probably in her 20s, but she, um, she had uh, – there's no nice way to put it. She had mutated arms. Like she, it was basically a birth defect that she had. Like her arms were, you know, short and, you know, the, uh, maybe like only down to like the elbow level, and she had, you know, just a few fingers that, that were there. Real great personality, super bubbly, and, you know, obviously somebody who's been able to, you know, really make, make a – make a go of things. And I was talking to her about, um, you know, stopping at the accident. I'm like, yeah, I stopped at the accident. And, you know, I don't like to, um, I don't like to hang around too much because I don't want to, you know, I don't want to get in the way of the, of the cops and, and have them, you know, give me a hard time or whatever. And she looked at me and she said, well, it's, it's, uh, it's because you're clairvoyant. All people who are clairvoyant are anti-authoritarian. And I was just like, whoa, Wow, and I yeah. and I looked at her and I looked at her and I said I said well God sure did uh, did give you something in exchange for your arms didn't he? And she said Yeah, he sure did. <laughs> that was too cool. But it was cool. It was a really really neat moment. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. And you know I I don't know to what extent you know I don't think I have any clairvoyance or anything like that, but I've definitely had things happen throughout my entire life and i just associated it with being more open you know absolutely i keep an open but uh yeah to actually have you know a a gift at any level you know that i think that's a blessing oh it is yeah for sure and you know i had a you know i had an aunt when i was um my great aunt when i was probably like eight or nine who um she was someone who was extremely gifted um to, to the to the uh, to the effect where she actually um, uh, found the location of somebody who she, she lived up in, in Denver, Colorado, and she was able to um, she had a vision was able to tell the police uh, where a plane crashed, like a small engine plane that crashed, um, because she was just kind of a an open door for a lot of a lot of uh, these. Um, there's no there's no better way to put it wayward spirits who were sort of kind of stuck between our plane and the next plane and they would just show up in her room and um you know she would see them and and basically you know talk to them and 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 a lot of them were were people who uh had died uh suddenly and who had died leaving something that was uh out of place or something that they just couldn't they they just couldn't let go of and um, one of the one of the visits was from someone who, or was the spirit of someone whose plane had crashed in the mountains in Colorado and was basically lost. And the family was trying to find the person and couldn't. And you know the police had given up the search or whatever. And and she was able to basically like call the people and say, Hey, 
I mean, I don't know. I don't know that she actually said, "Hey, this." I was visited by the spirit, and he says, "This where this is where he is." But she was able to say exactly where the plane had crashed, um, and just like a truly, truly gifted person. Yeah. And uh, yeah, and she was the one when I was when I was probably eight or nine was like, hey, "Do you do you see things that other people can't see?" And kind of took me aside and you know talked through stuff and explained that that, that, that was a gift that having the ability to you know discern. I think is the way that, that she described it um, was something that, you know, was, was a, a gift that you were supposed to use and you were supposed to use to help uh, people and to help the way, whatever way you could with that. Man. Well, let me, let me ask you, uh, cause I've gotten to this topic a hundred times, you know, off air, but uh, what, what do you think, that these ghosts are um, ghosts. I, I, I don't know what else you. I don't know if there's a term you prefer to call them, a spirit sure. or. or um, well, what's your opinion on all of it? Yeah, yeah. So, so like like you, I, I read a lot of stuff about this, you know, and and uh, I think everyone has had you know something something that they've experienced. Um, I, I've heard it described that you know when you talk to people about like any kind of supernatural experience. Um, you say you, you'll say people, you know, hey, have you ever experienced something? And they'll say, oh no, I haven't. I've never experienced that. And then once you start digging in, you find out that that yeah, most people have had something unexplained that's that's occurred to them. And and I I think that um, you know I've heard the whole you know angels and and demons bit, and I and I don't um, I don't I don't ascribe to that entirely. Um, I really liked uh, if you've read any uh, of John Keel's work. Uh, he wrote, he's the guy that wrote the Mothman prophecy. That was a fantastic book and a mediocre movie. Oh, we were from West Virginia. So you, I'm sure, okay. I'm sure, you, my... I'm sure you probably know more about that than I do. <laughs> uh, but, um, but he, he had his concept of what, what he called the ultra ultra terrestrials, which was basically these um, beings who are, who are here. They're not, they're not, you know, from another planet but you experience them within the cultural paradigm that exists at the time. So for example, the way it's experienced with, um, you know, when the middle ages was, okay, that was all, you know, angels or demons or whatever. And then in the modern age, it's described as UFOs or, you know, something like that. And, um, and I, and I, I like that idea. I think that's a really, I think it's a really interesting concept. Um, I like the way, I like the way that he, that he describes that. Um, but, but the thing that I've been giving a lot more thought to, to lately that I'm really fascinated by is this whole concept of, um, uh, multidimensionality. Like, you know, we are experiencing our, our dimensional world in the way that we can understand because we're three-dimensional beings experiencing a three-dimensional world, but we're not actually in a three-dimensional world. We're in a world that has, um, many more facets to it than that. And um, like one of the, uh, the examples that I like to think of is, uh, have you ever read the Michael uh, Crichton book, uh, Timeline? I have not. I so, like where but, you're going with all this. Yeah, yeah. This, this is what's been on my mind lately too. So I think it's oh, pretty yeah. good. No, ab- yeah. Absolutely. I'll, I'll, give you, I'll give you two really good examples. And these are the examples that I like to use when I'm, you know, just talking talking with my friend group about, you know, about about this and everything. Um, one of the things that Michael Crichton talks about in timeline, and I'm going to, and I'm going to, I'm going to butcher this a little bit because I'm not, you know, it's, I'm not going to get every little aspect of it right, but Michael Crichton's a really interesting guy, or he was in that he was a, um, a doctor by trade. He was trained as a doctor, but he decided to just be a writer. Like, so he was writing through medical school for money. He went all the way through medical school and he ended up never becoming a practicing doctor, but he, but he kind of retained that that real scientific bent. And a lot of his books talk about things that are scientific concepts, but he, but he's able to kind of novelize it in such a way that it's not exclusive to people who are just, you know, scientists or just have that mindset. And one of the examples in, um, so the book timeline is essentially about time travel, but it's not time travel in the sense of like the HG Wells where you, you know, you sit in the cool Victorian chair and pull the crystal lever and then, you know, you go back and forth in time it's this basic idea that in an infinite universe with infinite possibility, everything that's going on is going on at the same time. So there's not really 
a sense of time as much as it is dimensionally there's everything sort of occurring at once, right? And I actually kind of like that idea because it plays into like the the concept of God being um, everywhere at one time, right? It's it's something that like it, it helps explain some of these things that don't make sense on their surface. And one of the, one of the ways that he kind of explains this multidimensionality is this uh, very simple experiment with candles. And the idea is if you take a can and uh, Candles are, are, are light, let's say. Light's interesting because light uh, doesn't behave itself. It acts like a wave, but it also acts like a particle. And these are two different uh, materials in, you know, in the scientific world. And what's interesting about light is if you think about like, like light on the outside of a door, shining through a door, it makes that shape that we all know, which is the, the shape opens up and, it, and it's like, you know, it comes in through the door and makes those distinct lines where the shadow is on one side and the light is on the other. I'm sorry, I'm like moving my hands and it's hard to, it's kind of hard to kind of talk through this. But if you open a door uh, and light is shining through it, you kind of have this, this, this shape where it's, it's angling out from the door and then light is there and then, you know, darkness is on the other side of where the light's not reaching. Well, if you take two doors and you open and you have both open doors and light shining through both of the doors, it makes that same shape in that there's the area of light and the area of darkness. But the problem is, is where if the light crosses over, it's actually dark again, which, which doesn't make sense. It shouldn't be dark. It should be light. It's light shining into that space. And so what that's showing is there's some other factor that's playing on that. There's something else that's there that we can't see that's causing that, that darkness to, to show up. And that's, that's one of the ways that people kind of get into this concept of, yeah, there are other dimensions around us. We just can't see them. Um, one of the, the other examples that I really like is there's a book called Flatland that's written to describe a, uh, uh, the life of like a two-dimensional, like a two-dimensional world where there's just, um, you know, you think about it like there's only um, uh, width and uh, length. There's no height in this world. And so one of the things that's described in there is what happens if a three-dimensional object enters that two-dimensional world. Well, if you think of a sphere and a sphere is entering a plane, when that sphere starts to enter the plane, the first thing it does is there's a dot and as the, as the sphere touches the plane, and then as it passes through that plane, it's going to be a circle, and the circle is going to get bigger as it goes deeper into the circle. And then finally, it's going to get to the middle of the sphere. The circle is going to be the widest. And then as it continues to pass through that plane, the circle is going to get smaller and smaller and smaller, and then it becomes a dot again. And then the circle has left the plane. So the three-dimensional object in a two-dimensional world, the interpretation of that is not as a three-dimensional object. It's the interpretation of a dot followed by a circle that gets bigger and then gets smaller and then is a dot again. And so just like that, I think we're, we're three-dimensional objects in this world that are experiencing things around us that we're trying to explain using only our three-dimensional mindset. And so that's why these, these things occur, but we don't know how to adequately describe them. I agree completely that – there, there is some kind of, and it's, I don't know if it's because we have social media and 24-7 news coverage, but it seems like there's a lot more interaction. There's a lot more interdimensional things going on. Like We're not necessarily jumping dimensions, but we're seeing a lot more activity um, here lately. It seems to be there's upticks in everything, if it's cryptid sightings or if it's uh, – Tic Tac UFOs being spotted, if it's, yeah. you know, whatever. Uh, I, I've talked to people before about how, you know, we can only see so many colors. Mm -hmm. That alone would stop us from seeing something in this dimension if it's not inside of our spectrum. Well, you know? that's, that's, that's a perfect example, and that's one of the things that um, John Keel actually talks about is that a lot of the sightings of things occur outside of your primary field of view and so you hear you know you always see like oh i saw it out of the corner of my eye 
Well, a lot of times when people have, when people see something anomalous, they do see it out of the corner of their eye. They're not seeing it with their primary view. They're seeing it peripherally, which, you know, is it, that always kind of begs the question, like, is it, is it that it's, it's outside of our field of vision? Like you said, like maybe because of a, the color constraints of the human eyes, or is it something that, you know, we've sort of closed our mind to, and so we can't, you know, we can't see it that way. Um, but yeah, it's really, you know, it's really fascinating. And I, and I actually, you know, I, I I'm, you know, I, I'm a Christian. I have, I have that, you know, Christian worldview. And I even look at a lot of stuff that happens biblically through this idea of like multidimensionality to kind of explain how some of these things could work. Yeah. And cause you know, when, um, uh, one of the things, and I'm, and I'm, I'm not good at quoting scripture, but it's the whole, you know, when Jesus was talking to the apostles after he, after he had the, you know, trans, uh, transmutation and then came back for a while, he was like, Hey, all the stuff I do, you can do all this. This is all like, I'm not doing anything that you can't do. And I've always been so like, I mean, that's like, I'm so taken aback by like that, like, wow, well, how is that? You know, what, what is, what is the thing that he could do to cause these things to occur? But he's telling us that, Hey, you can do that as well too. Like, right. That's amazing. Yes, it is. It's almost like physics. Like he, he was like an ultimate physics teacher, you know, that he's, he's yeah. not just, hey, you, you can do these things, but it's, I don't know, man. I, it's all above my head, really, but I think you're on to something, you know? Yeah, well, I, we, yeah we all call it a uh, campfire conversation, right? Yeah. It's a great conversation to have when you're sitting around the campfire and, and spinning some yarns. Exactly. So from from what you're you're on now, you know, the, the multidimensional theory, uh, would ghosts be maybe someone who passes on, and when we leave this earthly body, uh, this, this physical form, are you thinking that our spirit goes into another dimension? When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hey, everybody. I'm very excited to announce that I now have a website for the podcast. It's thebumppodcast.com. Pretty simple. It has links to all the episodes, cover art for each show, and also links to pick up merch and to my sponsors and more. Um, I put a section in there for submissions. So if you have some art that you want to send in or some photos that uh, go along with your stories or stories that you've heard, uh, or even some, if you want to write some short stories yourself, and send them in. Uh, they might make it to the website. I got a place for it. Uh, I'm doing it all by myself, and I'm not very tech savvy, so just bear with me as everything grows. But I want to thank you guys, and uh, just tell you I love you, and thank you for very, very much for the support. And I just wanted to take a minute to uh, mention my new sponsor, Hemp Bombs, the CBD company. If you're looking for a fun and easy way to boost your overall wellness and increase positivity, you got to try the CBD gummies. They offer a number of benefits that can improve your outlook and make every day smoother. Uh, for me, I love the benefits it gives me of a peaceful night's sleep and the arthritis relief. Um, I, I just basically quit taking ibuprofen altogether because I get everything I need out of the CBD gummies. Uh, it's, it's totally changed my life. I've been taking them for over a year now. And I also wanted to point out that I don't know if you've tried them in the past, but Starting this summer, they revamped their gummies, their oils, and a few other products to now have more, up to double the amount of CBD per product without increasing the price. 
So instead of getting five gummies, now you get like nine in a pack. It's a total money saver. Uh, it also means by that that they had the best price per milligram of any CBD in the industry. And they're the only CBD company that manages, manages their entire supply chain from feed uh, from seed, sorry, from seed to sale. So they, they're over it all. They do send out their products to a third-party lab for testing to validate the potency of all their products. And uh, they, they make those test results very easily available to the public. Um, they're located in over 25,000 stores nationwide. But if you go to hempbombs.com hempbombs and use my promo code BUMP20, you can save 20% on any purchase site-wide, big or small. They have a 30-day money-back guarantee, so there's absolutely nothing to lose. And they have a huge product assortment to help the customer to find out what product works best for them. Um, like I said, I use the gummies, but they also just came out with a pet line, um, oils and uh, pet treats for your, for your dogs. They also have uh, lollipops. They have lip balms. They, uh, they have lotions. You know, so you can, you know, topical relief lotions. They have stuff for pain. They have heat treatments, ice treatments, bath bombs. And they have everything you can think of. Just go check out the website at hempbombs.com and use promo code BUMP20 and get yours today and try it out. I think, I think that, you know, you hear, you know, about uh, the levity of, um, you know, somebody, somebody leaving, somebody be passing on and yeah i think it's i think it's almost that it's it's not that they're leaving to go to another dimension it's they're losing the weight that's holding them in this dimension does that make sense yeah yeah it does it's almost like so like what i am um, so when i was doing my uh, my emt training uh one of the requirements you have is you have to do you know 72 hours it's a mix of working in the er working on the back of ambulances and i remember um when I was working in the emergency room, um, the, I was in the emergency room when a woman died of uh, cardiac arrest. And, and I was one of those things where they, they give you, you know, kind of the, the if you're the, the EMT and you're there to get your hours, they give you the crappiest jobs possible, literally the crappiest jobs possible. And um, I had, uh, I, was in, I was in the room and the woman uh, coded, like basically like flatlined. And so, you know, the alarm sounds off and everybody comes in. And I just and I just kind of shuffled myself, you know, into the corner to kind of quietly because, you know, I was, I don't know, 22, 23, just to kind of see what, you know, see what happened. And um, I literally, like, felt her her soul or spirit or call, come out of her body and then move to a corner of the room. And it was it was the craziest thing. I, it Like, I literally felt something, the energy just come out and then move. And um, when I... Uh, as they were doing all these different treatments and stuff, I could feel the, you know, of course, like a lot of anxious energy because of everything that's going on. And they were able to bring her back to life. And I actually, I could feel that come past me and go into and like kind of come back into her body again. And it was, it was, it was very much like uh, almost like the feeling of like, like a wind, but it was calming when it was coming out. Right. frantic when it was going back in and i and i think that there is a there's a definite like like change of uh of state when that occurs where they can move to a a different yeah a different dimension i think would be the only way to the the way i would describe it now that's, that's a that would be such a wonderful experience my wife is a nurse, and uh, for several years she worked at a nursing home, and she will not come on here and talk about it. Um, yeah. But she uh, she said that she has seen what she called the angel of death. Um, she saw in her peripheral a, a black shadowy figure go into a room, and then within a couple of minutes they get the alarm, Ooh. you know? Oh, my gosh. I just got chills when you said that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, she she doesn't hardly ever talk about it. She's she's told the story like yeah. twice in the last ten years. But uh yeah, I 
I just believe so wholeheartedly in that. And, you know, and I'm a Christian too. And I just, I had questions for so long as to, yeah. you know, what happens after we pass away. Because I know energy never stops. Yes. So is my spirit just my earthly energy and my soul is what's tethered to God? You know, um, is, so is my spirit and my soul, are they two different things? And I've just, I've sat and thought on that for hours on end sometimes. So I, I yeah. love talking about this. I, it's a lot of fun. Oh, me too. Me too. It, it's it's so it's so fascinating, and it's one of those things where it's uh, I don't know. It's it's you know, I I, I doubt that we're ever going to get an answer, you know, in this in this plane of existence. But it's but it's 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 great to discuss. It's such a it's such an interesting thing. Yeah, I think I think I've had two experiences where I where I I I feel like I have seen an angel, um, and. Uh, Again, that's so funny. I was just talking earlier about not only I think I've only seen one apparition, but no, I, I uh, I've had a couple of experiences where I where I think that's what I saw. Um, but you know, there's uh, uh, all kinds of stories you hear about people who are you know in a terrible car wreck or something happens, and then there was a person there that that helped them, that kept them calm, and you know held their hand, and then. Nobody saw that person. Nobody, you know, they couldn't find him afterwards. Nobody remembers that person being there. So, yeah, I think there's all kinds of stuff that's happening all around us all the time. And, you know, people who uh, people who are receptive to that can see that, and the people who are not are not. Right. Yeah, I had an experience once, and I don't, I don't know if you have to get off the phone anytime soon, but I'll, I would love to hear about these angelic experiences. Oh, yeah. No, no, I'm good. I think I'm good on time. Okay. Um, I had an experience one time. It was back around 2000, um, back in the time of roadmaps. And I was traveling from West Virginia down to Tennessee, but I was trying to take back roads to cut time. And I got completely lost. And I pulled over at a gas station and hadn't even gotten the map out yet. And uh, a car pulled up beside me, and it was an older man. He asked me if I was lost. And I told him I was, and he asked me where I was trying to go to, and I had just gotten saved. You know, I I was just committed my life, you know, to God. And, yeah. Uh, he he told me to follow him, and he'll show me, you know, he'll he'll get me back on the right road. And before he pulled out, he told me I had my Bible was actually in the back window. I had an old '89 Ford Taurus, you know, a big big That's old cool. car. Yeah. Oh yeah. And uh, th- my Bible was in the back glass, and he told me. He pointed at it. He said, that book needs to be up front with you. I said, okay. And, you know, and I went ahead and reached back and got it. We took off, and we're cruising up through the road, and we slowed down to about 50 miles an hour, and he rolled his window down, and he signaled for me to stay straight, and he was going to take the next exit. And I asked him how he knew I was lost, and he just pointed up. And... That was it for me. I thought, well, this man was sent by God, or or this is an angel, and yeah. you know, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's can't cool. anybody what else see you, you know? Yeah, what a neat experience. That's awesome. But yeah, let yeah. me hear about your uh, your angel experiences, Paul. Yeah, it's actually it's actually happened twice, and uh, the first time was um, I was actually at I was actually at church, and it was it was uh, my my wife is a very talented uh, singer, and she sings at our you know she sings at our our church. And uh, we were there, and there was a, um, uh, I think like two rows in front of me, and it was kind of it was kind of dim, um, which is not usually the case there. And then two rows in front of me, there was a woman who was holding a, let's say like a, not not an infant, but a but a maybe like a two year old in her arms, and she was singing, you know, and holding the baby, and all around her was this white. Um, gossamer, almost like uh, uh, like like a oh gosh, it's almost like a like silk, like silk light that was all around her, and I ne- and I'd never seen anything like that in my life, and um, it was just kind of like enveloping her and kind of moving around her, and um, I uh, I looked at it and I and and this was of course after like my wife had had you know had seen what she'd seen and I was like 
do you see can you see in front of us is there is there something around that do you see that light and she looked over and she said yeah i can see it and i said i think that's an angel that's surrounding this person and it was the craziest thing it was just like profound sense of peace and um it was a I'd never seen anything like that. It was almost like the person was being enveloped in this like like ethereal ethereal cloud of very very light light colored light and um the uh the next time I saw it, I was actually at a funeral. I had one of my um best friends uh he was kind of a a late bloomer um you know never really never really dated a lot. And he um, uh, ended up getting married kind of later in life and uh, had a couple kids. And then when his uh, second daughter was, um, gosh, six months old, his wife died of an aortic rupture. Just oh suddenly just knocked her out. And it was, it was so terrible because she was, she was such a great person and it was such a like wonderful like thing in his life. And, um, and I remember like, those fun- it was one of the saddest funerals I'd ever gone to because of just everything that was at stake. You know, it's not one of those funerals where it's like, you know, your grandfather that's led a good life and done all these things and surrounded by his family. It was just kind of, you know, just ripped out too soon. Yeah. And, um, and I remember looking over at him and his, and his daughters and seeing the same thing, seeing that same like gossamer light kind of surrounding him. And then getting that profound sense of peace from that. I mean, it was just, it was just such a, that's the only way I could describe it. You know, it wasn't, it wasn't personified. It wasn't like, uh, like a person, but it was just this like, like enveloping, holding light that surrounded these people. And, um, you know, I, I knew what my friend was going through and I knew what his, you know, what his, what he was experiencing. Um, I didn't know what that other woman was you know what was going on with her or whatever but yeah that's it was there's just no other way i could think to explain that man that, i wonder if they were feeling a sense of comfort at that time you know yeah 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 me too and how me could too. they not you know if if seeing it gives you a feeling of peace imagine being inside that that would have that had to be some comfort yeah it was amazing i mean it was it was amazing and again i don't know if it was just you know is that happening all around us? And I just, you know, happened to be in the right mode to see it. But yeah, it was neat. My, my great aunt, the one who was the, um, you know, who was extremely gifted. She was, she was very into angels and angelic beings and, you know, these positive uh, spirits being around you to, you know, watch over you and, and, and that kind of thing. She was a very big component of that. Yeah, well, I'm I'm all about it. I I hope, and I will continue to believe that that's the case. You know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, why not? Right? Choose the choose the positive path. It's it's there's such a like a a beauty to that to knowing that there are these you know emissaries that are here to kind of um, you know keep an eye on things. I guess uh, my um my wife's uh, good friend from high school was one of the people who got uh, caught up in the, um, uh, I guess it was the Firestone tire problem where the tires were blowing out on the Ford Explorers. I remember that. In, in like the early, I guess that was like the early 2000s, late 90s. I can't, I can't exactly remember. Yeah. But, um, but she had, uh, she was one of the people that got in one of those crazy, you know, crazy rollover accidents. And afterwards, when, um, when my wife talked to her, she told the story about this person in like in a gray, she described it like as a gray jumpsuit that that was as, as soon as like the car had crashed was right there with her and held her hand and you know told her you're going to be okay you just have to you know just just don't worry help's going to be here soon and that this person stayed with her and kept her comforted until um, the paramedics got there and after and after that happened she. No one, no one saw this person. The people who witnessed the accident, nobody could say, "Oh yeah, I saw that person," or that person was there. It was just her experience. And you know, we asked her, like, "What did you think happened?" She was like, "Well, I think that was an angel that was there, that was, you know, that was with me when that occurred." And 
you know, it's amazing. I mean, it's like, and, and it's, it's, it's neat because there's no, with the people that have these experiences, there, there's no like, well, I guess maybe, I don't know, it could have been this other thing. I mean, they're so convicted that, that this is the thing that occurred. And, and I think these things are, you know, happening around us all the time. And, and I think it's almost like, um, you know, when Jesus gives the, the parable of the seeds, like where the seeds go and, you know, you put, you put uh, some seeds go uh, in the, in, uh, in rocky soil and they, they can't grow. They can grow a little bit, but they can't grow that well. Uh, some of the seeds end up on rocks and they don't grow. And then some of the seeds end up in good soil and then they grow. And I, and I think that a lot of that is that, you know, there are things that are happening around us and, and some people can experience that. I think the, I think the, like the blood types idea is extremely fascinating, but there's, but for some reason, there are people who can know, who can experience these things and believe them. And some people, you know, probably believe them and, and think that it's true. And then some people can't even, you know, can't even wrap their brains around it. And it's not, and it's not for lack of, you know, you or I not explaining it in a way that's accessible. It's just, it's just something that they just, they'll never get there. They'll never, they'll never meet you there. It's always going to be outside of their, their understanding or their experience. Right. Well, see, that, that can fall under, you know, you could put that under the umbrella of faith. You know, either you have faith in it or you don't. Yep. You can look at it, you know, a little broader picture maybe is, Reality itself is subjective. Absolutely. um, So what's real to me may not necessarily be real to you, and that doesn't get less real. That just makes it my my reality, you know. Um, I mean, and and that's fluid. Oh, absolutely, and that plays perfectly into what you were describing earlier with, um, you know, social media with with this extremely over mediated world we live in. Like I use the phrase a lot. uh, We live in a time where we have an, an, an enormous quantity of information, but very poor quality of information. Absolutely. And, and there is, um, you know, there's, there's so many things that are, that are going on and people's are, people are experiencing these things through their, their cultural and their, their, you know, their own personal prejudice, prejudices. I don't mean that in like a racial term, but, but just their own like belief system that it almost creates these like alternative reality points where you have different groups of people who no matter what occurs, can't see something outside of their paradigm. It just doesn't, it just doesn't exist. Couldn't possibly exist. Right. Yeah. I think you, I think you just nailed it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Paul, it's been really good talking to you, man. Um, Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Thank you for the time. I know this kind of, kind of went in a, a different direction than, than maybe you'd intended, but it was great, great having this conversation. Yeah, I, I've thoroughly enjoyed it. And all these topics, you know, I'm, I'm into every bit of it, you know, I don't yeah, care me too. If talk about, you know, Bigfoot or angels or whatever, anything in between. I'm down for it, man. Yeah, absolutely. Always. Yeah, I, I agree. It's just, I, I love, um, I, I love the mystery and I love the, the trying to solve the mystery you know, and it's just, it's just, it's just fascinating. You know, I think that, um, you know, the whole Bigfoot thing gets into, you know, cryptozoology and, you know, different animals and just, oh, it's, yeah, it's fascinating. It's a fascinating, many different rabbit holes to go down. That's for sure. Yes. It's plenty to keep you thinking. And I, I love to think. So. Absolutely. Well, um, do you have an Instagram or anything like that that you want to share or any kind of projects you're working on that you want to talk about? Or throw yeah. I mean, you know, most, most of my, you know, it's it's kind of funny. So, so my Instagram is really kind of just focused on, you know, kind of my uh, gear and muzzleloader interest and that, that whole kind of thing. You know, I really kind of started that off. Um, honestly, uh, so my, my Instagram is at the Orion Foundation. And um, I started that off, honestly, as a, a way to showcase gear that I would, I would see. I would, I like when my, my wife and I did a lot of, um, you know, backpacking and camping and stuff. And we love, you know, traveling and I would run into people that have like a cool backpack or some, you know, neat piece of kit. And I would always like stop and talk to them about it. And it was always such a, a point of embarrassment for my wife. Cause she's like, I can't believe you're going to go talk to that guy. But, but anybody who's into that stuff is into that stuff. And they're excited to talk to you. And so she'd always like make fun of me that I would always like 
run into these people randomly and then, you know, you leave and you're like the best of friends because you'll have the same pocket knife or something. Yep. And so, um, so what I started doing was I would just uh, take pictures of gear that I saw or cool um, uh, overlanding. I like, I, I like to say that overlanding is my uh, make-believe hobby. Um, some, you know, someday I'll, I'll engage more in it, but just not, uh, not this phase of life. But, um, yeah, so I just like to, you know, take pictures of things like that. And then, you know, on the side, uh, I'm a big um, uh, black powder shooter. I love muzzleloaders, um, you know, camping, spending time outside, and uh, definite evangelist for uh, black powder stuff and, you know, historical camping and that whole kind of thing. So, yeah, just, just have fun with it. You know, I, I keep it pretty uh, pretty gear-based. Like, like I like to say, I don't um, – like to have my my uh, my face in there as little as possible, and you know mainly make it about the you know the gear and everything. Yeah, man. Yeah, you know my my other passion. I had the uh, Mountain Man Survival Guide page going on on my absolutely. Instagram. And you know if it fit my lifestyle for a long time because I worked in a state park and I had a lot of a lot of wood time, and now I'm teaching, and so I'm not exactly in that environment anymore. But it, that's yeah. still my passion. You know, bushcraft. Oh yeah. Camping, fishing, hunting, and that's why I, I was hoping you would share your Instagram because I I enjoy looking at it. So. Oh well, thank you, thank you. I really appreciate that. Yeah, and, and again, you know, one of the things that that I I try to do with that is just um, be a positive force in that space and encourage people and you know highlight and give people shout outs for for what they're doing. Um, you know, my, my wife and I and and now my kids we're real big in the buckskinning hobby. Um, you know, we do a lot of like mountain man camping and rendezvous. Yeah. Um, I'm a member of, uh, the American mountain men and have a, have a group down here where we do, you know, pack-ins and period, period camping and things like that. And, you know, it's just one of those things that I, I grew up shooting, um, black powder guns. My dad was always into that kind of thing. And, uh, it's just always been a passion of mine and, and just trying to, you know, do, do a little bit to, to get that out there to encourage other people as well to, to, to get involved in that. Um, and, uh, you know, I think the more, the more people that, that are, that are into any hobby, the better, because it just, it means that, you know, there's more advocates for it and, you know, more people that, that have an interest in it. Cause I think a lot of these things, if you, if you make your part, your, uh, your hobby too exclusive, um, then, then no one's going to want to do it and it's going to, you're not going to be able to keep it going. And, uh, so yeah, so I think that was, a lot of it, how I, how I, how I kind of started off doing that and, and kind of my, my focus there. Yeah. That's awesome, man. You know, that's a, it's a good, that's a, that's like a true American pastime, you know, it's like American grit kind of thing. I love it. Yeah. No, that's awesome, brother. I appreciate that. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to this week's episode, guys. I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, please go to wherever you listen to podcasts from and leave me a five-star rating and review. You can follow me on facebook at the bump podcast i'm on instagram under the same name and twitter um if you have a story that you'd like to share please feel free to message me on any of those platforms and i'll be sure to get back to you or you can email me at the bump podcast at gmail.com that's the bump podcast at gmail.com and last but not least Be sure to check out the merchandise that I have now. It's on my Facebook page. I have links to everything. It's on Teespring. You can find it as The Bump Podcast or The Bump Podcast Bigfoot on Teespring. I have lots of merch. I got a whole lot more coming out. Um, All of the artwork, I'm doing it myself. I'm designing everything myself. So it's it's a lot of work on my end, but I'm just hoping that I put something out there that you guys can enjoy. So thanks again for listening and don't stop believing.